Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. It is the week, Joe. It is the week that I have to make a decision. A decision that is going to mean the end of my friendship with either you or our producer, James Steele. How do you feel about that? I feel kind of great, to be honest. There's <laughs> nothing. I, I I am a nervous, anxious person by nature. I'm I'm not good in elevators that are crowded. I can deal with an empty elevator, but a crowded one I don't like at all. Really? So to see other people feel my level of just genuine discomfort, I I, I love it because it makes me feel normal. So enjoy. Well, there Squirm you go. All week I, long. I will be squirming all week <laughs> long. Uh, people are. They're DMing me, you know, who do you got on Sunday? I'm like, you're going to have to tune in to Joe and Amber, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Yes. I will reveal at some point what team I am going with. Of course, we will get into plenty of Super Bowl talk today and all week long. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh hanging out with you. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. But let's start with some NBA because Luka Doncic, he got his co-star finally he got his co-star I don't know if it's the co-star he wants I don't know if it's the co-star Maz fans won but you can't dispute that he got from a basketball perspective one of the better players one of the bigger superstars in the league paired up with him the Mavs took a big swing here trading for Kyrie Irving Dallas also gets Marquis Morris in that Markeith Morris in that trade they sent Spencer Dinwiddie Dorian Finney-Smith a 2029 first rounder and two second rounders that are in 2027 and 2029 respectively. All of that goes to the Nets. The story here though, of course, is Kyrie and Luca together. Your initial reaction when you saw the news break, Joe. I like it for both teams. I like it for the Nets because I didn't think they'd be able to get a whole lot. And they ended up with two quality players in DFS and um, Spencer Dinwiddie. They get some picks out of the deal as well. And they get to move on quickly. They didn't drag this thing out to the end. They moved on quickly. So credit to the Nets for salvaging that. I thought that was a bigger return than they were headed for. I love it for Dallas. Now, when I say that, I also understand the risk and how this thing can completely implode. But the reality of the situation is that the Mavericks are in year five of the Luka Doncic experience. And they have not done enough to surround him with the talent he needs to see how far this team can go. To see if they have the championship medal. Year one, he wins rookie of the year. They don't make the playoffs. That's fine. Year two, he's fourth in MVP voting. It's a first-round playoff exit. Year three, sixth in MVP voting. First-round playoff exit. Year four, fifth in MVP voting. Wild-card finals, or excuse me, thinking about the Super Bowl, Western Conference finals exit. So they made some progress. He's fifth in MVP voting. This year, they're barely, barely over 500. Since he's joined them, they've won 54% of their games, and they've won two total playoff series. So to bring in Irving... He could be the guy that puts you over the top. Remember, he does have a contract extension he's eyeing. Maybe he plays nice from now until the end of the season. And if he does, I think he got a lot of potential in a Western Conference that's wide open. 
When Nikola Jokic leaves the floor, the Nuggets struggle. The Warriors are going to lose Steph Curry again due to multiple injuries for a few weeks. The Clippers are down. The Suns are down. This could be the year to make the splash. I don't know. Where are you at on it? Are you still... Are you still in the weeds like a lot of people? Well, my initial reaction was they're swinging big. Mark Cuban's swinging big to try to impress Luca because like you just rattled off the resume there for Luca. We know he's one of the best players in the NBA and we know with those sort of superstars, you have to impress them if you're the organization trying to keep them. And at some point here, they are in danger of losing Luca, even though we haven't yet gotten to that point. And so you need to get him some help. I felt like this was the move to try to bring in the big name to appease Luca. Why not? From a basketball perspective, though, I actually have genuine concerns. And that's before I even get into the Kyrie being Kyrie angle. Because we have zero reason to believe that Kyrie Irving won't go full Kyrie in Dallas because he has gone full Kyrie everywhere basically he's ever been at this point. I mean, he told us he was going to be a Boston Celtic for life. That team, that's an excellent team that a lot of people as a favorite to win the NBA final. That team wasn't good enough for him, right? He had to leave that team. Then he goes to the Nets and you know that that team also supposed to be a championship contender and frankly, arguably was one right before he demanded this trade. Kyrie seems unhappy everywhere he goes, no matter what talent is playing around him. Luka is certainly next level talent, but he just had that in KD. From a basketball perspective, though, Luka Doncic, and I don't have the numbers in front, you're the stats guy, but he's, what, the biggest ball hog in the league, I think. And I don't say that as a negative. He's had to be. He's out there, especially this season. Forget about it. They traded all the talent to the Knicks. So, especially, or they got let, let it go. So, especially this season, like he doesn't have a number two or it doesn't feel like it. And so because of that, he is the ball hog, right? And he is used to having the basketball in his hands more than anybody. That seems problematic if all of a sudden he has to take even a 10% step back in terms of how much he has the ball to be deferential to Kyrie Irving, who also is a player who wants the ball in his hands at all times. So from a basketball perspective, I actually have genuine questions here how this pairing is going to work. All right, so usage rate is a great stat to evaluate what you were just talking about. Ball hog is in a sense. Mm -hmm. Old school ball hog, now known as usage rate. It's a friendly way to put a bow around what we used to call the ball hogs. It's defined as the percentage of team plays used by a player when they are on the floor. The ball hog stat. Number one in the NBA, Joel Embiid. Number two, Luka Doncic. All right, 37.6% usage rate. He's tied with Giannis. So the guys that are up there, Embiid, Doncic, Antetokounmpo, John Morant, you've got some guys, LeBron James, Jason Tatum. These are the stars. So I would imagine your better players, you're going to want the ball in their hands for as long as possible. There's also this component. I want to get your thoughts on this. Nick Friedel, who covers the Nets um, for ESPN, I know him from my time in the Bay Area. He does a great job covering the NBA. He told us this when he was on with us last week about how much Irving is beloved by players in the NBA. Mm -hmm. He just had this tweet 36 minutes ago. Quote, Nick Claxton just reiterated that Kyrie was one of the best teammates he's ever had. Nets locker room is quiet and empty as the finality of the Kyrie deal rolls through the organization. 
It's the oddest thing because it feels like the media is 100% anti-Kyrie Irving, but it feels like players in the NBA are 100% for Kyrie Irving. It's so, so there's got to be this sense that you can make it work on some level, is there not? I, I guess. I mean, I listen, I, Nick Friedel knows. He's, he's covered Kyrie. He's been there. He's talked to all the guys around him. So I guess it is the reality. But I, I, have, I don't understand it. I don't understand it sitting here behind this microphone covering this sport. I don't get it. it it's, he's so problematic everywhere he has gone. Nothing is ever good enough. And it was about the money. Don't forget, we're talking about a player that could have gone anywhere he wanted this past offseason, right? All he had to do was opt out. He just didn't have to opt into that contract. He opted in to play with Brooklyn because also he didn't want to leave, what, 30-odd million dollars on the table. And so that was a Kyrie choice. You opt into the money to play with this team, to give it another season, to win a darn championship, and yet you refuse to show up to do that at the end because you want to get paid now. And the Nets say, win the chip, and then we'll pay you. Or at least let us get on our way there, and then we'll pay you in the offseason and he says no I want my money now and he forces his way out and it's just such a Kyrie type move when again it's Kyrie never seeming satisfied wherever he is is he going to be satisfied now with Dallas with Luca but you're right for whatever reason when you're inside these locker rooms these guys have a very different perspective apparently I am fascinated super cool dude fascinated by the upside here because again you look at the Western Conference the Nuggets are the one seed uh, Jokic is the best player in the NBA, but when he leaves the floor, there's a lot to be desired and a lot to be exposed on the Nugget roster. The Grizzlies are number two. They're 11 and 16 on the road this season. Some think they're Fugazi. The Sacramento Kings are number three. I mean, we got to wonder if that's going to last. The Clippers are four. You can barely keep them on the court. The Suns are five. They appear to be a mess this season. And then there's Dallas. And with Golden State down, there's a real opportunity. So I do give Dallas some credit for swinging for the fences here, but it's a boom or bust trade if I've ever seen one. He's apparently going to make his debut for the Mavericks on Wednesday. It's unknown, though, if Luka is What about be able that knee bury. soreness that kept him out the other night, though? Well, so that's that knee the thing. It's, it's unknown. That's a game against the Clippers. It's unknown if Luka is going to. Well, oh, this, oh the Kyrie knee soreness. Yeah, the, I'm joking no, with you, remember? Luka didn't make the road trip as well because he also has a bruised right heel. So he actually is injured right now. That's a real one. But, yes, the Kyrie knee soreness. Yeah, the uh, the only thing that was sore was a man's ego when the Nets wouldn't give him the extension. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. That was the Monday Roundup brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up here on Joe and Amber, the Lakers, well, they missed out on Kyrie. So what's next for LeBron and L.A.? Let's get into LeBron's reaction. That's all next. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Luka may have his guy, but LeBron James does not or at least his next guy because I guess sometimes he has AD right so we are going to get into the future of LeBron and the Lakers now that Kyrie is on his way to Dallas but first let's try to earn you some money you know how it works here on Joe and Amber loose change Joe gives you the advice you're not gonna bet the house on it but maybe you're gonna bet a little pizza money pizza money alert pizza pizza Maybe you should bet the house after the week we had last week. Two and one on our final show Friday, nine and three overall. The best week we've put together since starting Joe and Amber a little over a month ago. That being said, probably due for a crash and burn here. So disregard the commentary, regard betting the house. This is still pizza money after all. This one tips off at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's a player prop. DeMar DeRozan going over 25 and a half points in Chicago's matchup against the San Antonio Spurs. DeRozan averaging 26 points per game on the season. So it's right around his average mark, but he's going against a team that is set up beautifully for you to put up big time numbers. San Antonio, 30th in the NBA in defensive efficiency, 30th in the NBA in scoring defense, eighth in the NBA in pace, which means as bad as they are indeed, they love to fly up and down the court and get as many shots off as possible, which leads to more opportunities for both sides, more shots, more buckets, more points. Pizza money number one, DeMar DeRozan over 25 and a half points. LeBron is now second all time. LeBron James first shot is good. I've just gotten better with every facet of my game. Looks to pass, gets it to James. Here's a three for the win. It's never been a, a goal of mine. So we're still on LeBron watch for the scoring title. He's chasing Kareem. He could get it done tomorrow night, or maybe he'll get it done Thursday night against the Bucks. We'll get into that in just moments. But first, let's talk about LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers missing out on Kyrie Irving. Because a lot of people, Joe, thought Kyrie was going to end up with the Lakers. Instead, he is with the Dallas Mavericks. Now, when that news broke, LeBron tweeted out, maybe it's me, which is funny. Yeah. I mean, well done by LeBron James. Also, like, sad face. I imagine him, like, tearfully writing that. You know, like, woe is me. It's so hard to be LeBron. But then he kind of was singing a different tune by the time he talked to our very own Michael Wilbon. Wilbon asked LeBron how disappointed he was that the Lakers were not able to land Kyrie. Well, definitely disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor 
that can help you win, um, you know, championships in my, in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but my focus is shifted now. Um, my focus is shifted back to where it should be, and that's this, that's this club now and what we have in the locker room. That's a guys quick pivot, LeBron. It's a quick pivot. Quick pivot. It don't take me long. It don't take me long. I don't, I don't get too excited um, about the possibilities of things that can be. I, I, I kind of envision myself on what it can, but I don't, I don't invest it all the way into until I know what's happening. Well, it would have been so much better if he had said, but I got a quick pivot. I got to turn my attention back to what matters. That's the scoring title. Right. If, he had, scoring if, he, if yeah. he had done that, that would have been fantastic. That would have been funny. <laughs> Championships uh, might have been overstating it. I mean, y'all won one together. Uh, relax, LeBron. But the reality is, obviously, LeBron was disappointed that they didn't get Kyrie. I chuckled because you asked me what was my initial reaction when I saw the news break. I chuckled at the 2029 first rounder because that's what the Nets got. And that's exactly what the Lakers had to yeah. give, don't forget, was 27 and 29. And one of the conversation was, uh, you know, if the Lakers were willing to move on, would the Nets want to pick that's that far in advance? And then he ends up going to a different team for that same thing. I thought that was some sort of sweet irony, but he ends up a Dallas Maverick and I don't know I mean the Lakers were reportedly in pursuit of Kyrie but obviously whatever deal that they were offering didn't compete with the role players or whatever uh really maybe they weren't willing to give up that first rounder who knows but either way it wasn't Dallas's deal I mean anything the Lakers have to offer any package they're rumored to be involved in is some combination of the following three things for sure and then maybe some other stuff that doesn't mean a whole lot but it's Russell Westbrook and then first round picks in 2027, which is four years from now, and 2029, which is six years from now. That's not that enticing, right? It really isn't. So for you to not get Kyrie Irving because Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie went back to the Nets, that's a good deal for the Nets. Like, they're not going to take your deal with Russell Westbrook's contract expiring and him near the end of his, his uh, career anyway in the NBA in terms of a high-level producer. I think the Lakers are now going to turn their attention to Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls. Because if you could put Levine alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis, you'd have a pretty potent big three right there, assuming Davis can stay healthy. And Levine's not the type of guy who's going to come in and be me first or need to be the star. I think he would fit pretty well with them. The problem is, again, can you get Levine from the Bulls in exchange for Russell Westbrook in two picks down the line? I don't or, think that's Or are possible. they willing to part with both of those picks? Because so far, the Lakers have been unwilling to. It was a whole reason. Now, the Westbrook's contract, you'd be able to move this season. But it's a whole reason they weren't able to move it last season, right? Was because they were unwilling to attach one of those picks to it when everyone thought it was such an ugly contract that all you needed to do was try to get rid of it. The Lakers so far have seen unwilling to mortgage the <clears throat> excuse me future past LeBron. I'm still a little sick. Uh, the all right. Mortgage the Playing future hurt. past LeBron. Playing a little hurt. Uh, mortgage the future past LeBron. And I don't fully blame them for it. I mean, there's got to be some life after LeBron. And you can see how rough it is for these organizations when LeBron does leave your franchise. You saw the down years in Cleveland. Now, they bounced back in a big way. I mean, Miami had a little down period as well. They also bounced back in a big way. But it takes some time when LeBron James leaves your organization. And maybe the Lakers are looking at it like, like, hey, when he does ride off into the sunset or leave somewhere to go play with his son somewhere else, and I mean, look at his age. He's not going to stay there forever either way. Even if he retires a Laker, then we want to ensure that we still have a way to build 
and make money and fill this arena, you know, in 2027 and 2029. And maybe we're not willing right now to part with those picks in the post LeBron era. I, I, I don't fully blame them for that. But at the same time, like this is your window to win now because you got AD and LeBron. See, that's the thing. I mean, you've got LeBron James on your team. And when you acquired him, the thought process had to be, yeah, we're going to be happy if we win one title and it happens during a pandemic in a bubble. Like, they're not even competing for titles. It's okay if you get to the finals like he did in Cleveland and lose to the Warriors. That's fine. But they're not even competing. You figure if you got him, you got to push your chips to the center and figure it all out later, right? They're not even making a postseason. I I mean, it doesn't seem like it. I know the West is wide open, but I mean, come on. I mean, certainly I don't think that the Lakers thought that they would have potential multiple seasons here without this team, even in a postseason with LeBron James on your team. Interesting, though, this idea that LeBron tweeted out, maybe it's me. uh, You know, I, I don't think it's stars not wanting to play with LeBron James. I think it's the Lakers front office is probably maybe, maybe it's them coming up next. Where does the Kyrie trade leave the nets in the East? We'll get some help on the subject. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. The drama became too overwhelming in Brooklyn, and now Kyrie Irving is a Dallas Maverick. So let's bring in some help here on Joe and Amber to unpack the situation in Brooklyn and in Dallas. ESPN NBA analyst Tim Legler joins the show. And Tim, thanks so much for joining us. I believe you said that this was a panic move, I believe is what you called it, for Dallas. How much do you like this trade for Dallas? You know, listen, here's what I have learned over the years. I've done this for a living. Um, I know we all want to make instantaneous judgments and be right about exactly how this is going to go because that's what everybody wants to hear. Truth of the matter is, I know, let me see this. Let me see it for a month because right now I'm skeptical about how that's going to look when those two guys are on the court together. Now, they definitely addressed this glaring weakness in their offense when Luca's off the floor, and that's, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a night typically where they couldn't generate any offense since Rick Brunson left, or Jalen Brunson left. So 
you know, it was it was he, he Luca would leave the game up six, get get a drink, you know, get a blow, come back in, they're down eight. I mean, it was, it's been going on all year. This addresses that because now you have a superstar on the court offensively at all times. The question I have is how does Kyrie Irving fit alongside a guy that dribbles the air out of the ball to the extent that Luca does because he doesn't play fast. He's not super decisive up the floor. He's not a guy that gives it up and then you know gets it back quickly or gives it up and lets other guys play. He holds the ball a long time to the extent it's so deep in the clock by the time he passes the ball, he, he wants you to shoot it, whether it's a three or a lob dunk or a pocket pass. You know, that's the way Luca plays. Now, look, he's smart enough, certainly, his IQ, and to adjust. And hopefully, you know, if he wants to win, he will. But I need to see that adjustment first before I just buy in that, okay, this is the most potent offensive combination in the league. Because you got to remember this, too. This is now an absolutely horrific defensive team on the perimeter on the other end of the floor. Dorian Finney-Smith was the guy that took all the pressure off Luca guarding opposing point guards. He guarded the elite-level scoring point guards to protect Luka Doncic. Now that's gone. Now you've got to you've got to match up with these guys at that position, both spots, and neither guy is a super committed defender. So they're going to be giving up a ton of points. So that offense better click at a high level, and I just don't think that happens right away. I'm not going to say it can't, but I'm skeptical. Legs, let's assume that they get along, that the chemistry fits, that Irving wants to play, and that things look good, that they can make this work. What's the ceiling, though? Can they win the Western Conference? Well, if they if, – listen, if, if it's clicking, you know, and it's going to take time no matter what. I mean, even look at when Miami first put that thing together down there with LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosch. They were 8-9 and to start out. So this is going to take time. But if you're telling me you get to, you know, March 15th and that last month of the season, you know, they're firing all cylinders where both guys are playing great most nights. It looks like they're clicking. There's no question because of the shot-making ability and, and the pressure shot-making ability that both of those guys have and Luca's ability to incorporate the rest of their roster with his passing, no question they can contend to win the Western Conference. But I just think that's a big reach. And I also think it's a big reach that, you know, this is how many times we're going to give Kyrie the benefit of the doubt. You know, wherever he goes, we think instantaneously, because he's so electrifyingly talented, immediately, you know, Boston was going to be a team now that's going to contend. Well, guess what? Kyrie wanted no part of leadership with those young guys. So he was out after a couple of years won one playoff series in Boston, goes to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and, and Harden. You say it's the greatest offensive trio ever assembled in this league. That's going to be multiple championships. He leaves there three years later, exactly one series win there. And now we give him the benefit of the doubt again going to Dallas because bottom line is this, the dude is restless wherever he goes. He is eccentric. He is not necessarily engaged or committed all the time, and I don't think he's accountable to the other people in the locker room. And that's a big problem in a team sport. So I just think it's a reach to think this can click. But if you're asking me, let's, let's just go ahead and say that's a foregone conclusion. They're playing great together about March 15th. Then there's no doubt that's enough talent to potentially win the West because there's nobody that's really separated themselves out there. That looks like they're overwhelming and can't be beaten, whether it's Denver or Memphis. I mean, Sacramento's a three seed. I, I don't think there's anybody that's a juggernaut to that extent that these guys are clicking that they couldn't beat. But I just don't know if that's going to happen. 
Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. ESPN NBA analyst Tim Legler joining us here on Joe and Amber. So, Legs, now obviously at one point there was three. Now there is one. And Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, he is by his lonesome. Do we expect him to stay there? What is next now for KD in the Brooklyn Nets? Well, I don't think long-term that's going to happen because here, because I think ultimately what's going to sink in is right now there even might be a sense of relief on the part of Kevin Durant that this is over with, you know, because it's just been one thing after another since this all came together. Well, now he's the last guy standing. It's his team. They did add a couple really nice, important pieces that help you win in Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith to go with, you know, the other guys they already have that have good roles on that team. So this is still going to be a very good basketball team when Kevin Durant comes back. But I think ultimately when they lose in at best the second round, which they will to either Milwaukee, Boston, or Philadelphia, it's going to hit him as he's home watching from, you know, basically May 1st on, he's got to watch the last six weeks of the NBA playoffs play out um, and watch, you know, these other star players go deep into the playoffs and watch somebody win a championship while he again sits at home with nothing to show for it since he left Steph Curry. So, and that's when it sinks in. And I think that's when potentially he goes to management like he did last summer and asks to be traded. I don't think that can happen by Thursday because of the the, the enormous haul that they're going to require in return. And he's hurt right now. So I just think that's a lot to throw together this quickly. But if you give the team over the summer, they can get the best deal for them. All right, so now to the inevitable question, the team that missed out on Kyrie Irving, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, what's next for them? Well, look, the bottom line is this. You know, I thought going into the season, as currently constructed, and this is with a healthy LeBron, a healthy AD, and a healthy Russell Westbrook, their ceiling was nine in the West because I thought there were eight teams better. Well, as it turns out, and I'm not sure I'm the standings in front of me, what are they, like 12th? Um, and look, I know they're all bunched together, but that doesn't mean, hey, you go have a good 10 days and win five games in a row, now you're going to be third. It doesn't work that way because all those other teams are going to be winning it potentially too. So it takes a really long time to climb this number of people to get up where you're above the seventh spot and you're not in a play-in situation. And I think that's where they're going to find themselves. At best, they're going to be a play-in team that probably has enough talent to win a play-in situation, whether it's one game or two. But then now you get into a situation where you're playing teams that have cohesion, they have great role definition, and they're exceptionally well-coached, whoever they play at the top of the West. And so I think the ceiling for this team is going to be a first-round out. And that's assuming that they even stay healthy. I mean, with Anthony Davis, that's a really risky proposition to bet on, that he's going to stay healthy for a prolonged period of time. So, you know, I just don't see where that comes from. And I know they were counting on maybe getting Kyrie – um, who knows? Maybe there is something else they can do to make their team look more formidable, in my mind, by Thursday. But they're, they don't have a lot of flexibility with what they can move. Tim Legler joining us. Uh, one more for you here, Legs, as we approach the trade deadline here in just a few days on Thursday. Is there a player out there who could swing a team's chances of winning a title who might become available? Well, I think the biggest one for me would be OG Ananobi. And, you know, you're talking about a guy that, is one of the elite defensive players in the NBA. He can guard four spots. And, and God, I shouldn't even say that. In today's NBA, he can guard five because everybody plays small um, anyway. 
he has taken his, his scoring up to a level. He's a 17-point-a-game guy, so he's not just a 3-and-D guy. He can put it on the floor. He can slash, he can cut, he can score in transition. Um, he, to me, is the most intriguing guy out there that, if you believe the rumors, is not very happy with the fact that he's fourth fiddle on that team that is significantly below 500. Now, he refused to directly address that when he was asked about it a couple of days ago. And I don't know if that it just really actually enforces what people think because he didn't say, no, man, I love it here. He just refused to answer it. He could potentially move, and there's teams that are going to be interested that are in the mix. You know, the Knicks, I think, are interested. Uh, the Lakers could be interested. Phoenix apparently has a lot of interest in OGN and Obi. The Milwaukee Bucks have interest in OGN and Obi. So that's the kind of guy that significantly can change the landscape because of his impact on both ends. ESPN NBA analyst Tim Legler. Legs, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Take care. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next here, there's only one player left of that Brooklyn Big Three. There were three. Now there is one. What next for Kevin Durant? We'll unpack that. This is ESPN Radio. You can also check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Only six months removed from Kevin Durant demanding a trade. Is he going to demand another one? Are we going to go through this whole song and dance again? Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find him at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Before we get into Kevin Durant talk, let's first try to earn you a little bit more pizza money. Pizza money, money number two coming your way. Let's go. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. College Hardwood, 9 p.m. Eastern, Kansas, minus four over Texas. Kansas off a loss this weekend to Iowa State. Texas off a win this weekend at Kansas State. So I think the numbers inflated a little bit based on recency bias and what we just saw. Texas, a bit overvalued in my opinion this year. Back-to-back road games in three days. Keep that in mind. This isn't the NBA. These are college kids that were on the road Saturday. Now they're on the road Monday. Also, the Longhorns, just 6-14 and 14 against the spread in their last 20 games on the road. They do a lot of their work down low, in the low post. That's how the Longhorns want to play. Kansas defends that part of the court very well. The Jayhawks can bomb from deep. That could be the difference in the game. So we are going to lay the four with the Kansas Jayhawks in Pizza Money number two. The Brooklyn Nets are trading Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. We're really just on Kevin Durant watch now, right? Attempting to win a title with the Nets. They're you have to show him that you are trying to improve the roster and for the health of the franchise. I think they're in a better place now. Well, the Brooklyn Nets have decided to move on from the Kyrie Irving era. They do still 
have Kevin Durant. And now they have one of the NBA's best 3 and D wings in Dorian Finney-Smith. They have a big guard in Spencer Dinwiddie. So they have some nice role players that they can pair around Kevin Durant. Woj also is saying, Joe, that they ain't done yet because they got that 2027 first rounder. They got the 2029, or I might have met 2029 first rounder, I think it is, right? 27 second rounder, whatever. They got the picks in return for Kyrie and that apparently they're going to try to flip those picks into somebody else to help KD even more to try to make KD happy. That's great. And maybe that means one, possibly two playoff series wins. But in the Eastern Conference, you're always contending with a team like Boston, who's good on both ends of the court, well coached and deep. You're dealing with a team like Milwaukee, led by Giannis, who every single year is a threat. Good culture with that team consistent that team well coached that team tough to beat them four and seven when you're as you know you have so many moving parts in Brooklyn and then finally you have Philadelphia who quietly seems to be putting it together this year although as a Sixers fan I'm not going to buy in just yet generally it's a second round playoff exit we all know what our ceiling is so to navigate all the way through that not to mention any of the other teams that are making noise in the east it's going to be a lot What's the future going to hold for the guy? I mean, he's going to be 35 years old in September. He's injured almost every year. 39 games so far this season. Only played in 55 last year. 35 the year before that. Missed the entire season the year before that with the Achilles. I'm wondering after having that run in Golden State and seeing what culture means and having the highest possible level of success on a regular basis and then going through what he just went through in Brooklyn, what's the next phase of your career? Do you want to win? I can't imagine money is going to be the number one priority for Durant. He's a baller at his core. He's going to want to go out there and he's going to want to play and he's going to want to win. I'm wondering what type of roster construction he's going to be interested in. No more playing with your friends. You're probably going to want some help. You're probably going to want some depth because of the injuries you consistently sustain. You're probably going to want a good culture. I'd see him doing something more Warriors related than he would Nets related at this point in his career. I don't know if I could see either of those. I mean, maybe like a certain sort of version of the Warriors, but where does that exist, frankly, when you can join that team? Yes, this has been a disaster so far for Kevin Durant. Now, do I think the Nets can talk Katie into staying? I have a hard time, frankly, believing it. I do think, though, that if we're expecting him to try to force a trade before Thursday, that I could see that not happening. They did bring in decent role players around if they are, in fact, willing to flip those picks for something. But that's, of course, a gamble then for the Nets because they would be doing that to appease Kevin Durant and hope that he doesn't force his way out of that situation. Our very own Bobby Marks, ESPN's NBA front office, insider was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max and says that Durant is going to have more value this summer. I don't think Brooklyn has to do anything about it. I mean, that he could go to today or tomorrow and say, I, you know, I want out. And I don't think that all of a sudden, I mean, we saw this offseason, you know, they'll, they'll play the slow game here and they'll wait into the offseason and they'll wait till one of these teams who get eliminated in the playoffs who think they're a Kevin Durant player away. And if it's not Mikhail Bridges that Phoenix would offer right now, it might be it might be in the offseason and it might be DeAndre Ayton in the offseason. And, you know, the list of players just keeps on growing here. I think the value of what you can get back for Kevin Durant right now is probably not the value of what you can get back in June. So there's a couple destinations that continuously come up linked to the pursuit of Kevin Durant. The reality is, Joe, 
everybody wants Kevin Durant, right? Of course. He's one of the best players, I mean, one of the best players of this generation, okay? But there's two teams. One you just heard Bobby mention there. The Suns have repeatedly come up and, and apparently are very interested in, you know, potentially trading a haul. Now, what does that haul look like? You just heard Bobby say it could look very different this summer in terms of what they're willing to offer. And maybe that would be much more attracted to Brooklyn. So from the Brooklyn perspective, it also seems like, hey, let's sit on this and maybe wait and we'll have more attractive offers coming our way. Also, the Boston Celtics. It's a team that continuously comes up. This idea that they would trade away Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, I don't know if that's as attractive, frankly, from the Nets' perspective. I think that's really interesting from the Celtics' perspective because we're talking about a team that you could argue, as currently constructed, could win an NBA title. And yet they would feel the need to go get Kevin Durant, it's never really made sense to me because of his age, because of the durability. And I've always looked at the Celtics like that's the one team that maybe doesn't need KD, right? I mean, I feel like everybody needs KD, but maybe that's the one team that doesn't because they built in such an organic way through the draft. They have such a young team overall, even though those guys have been in the league for a really long time and they just found themselves in an NBA finals. Like I I have every reason to believe that they can get over that hump and actually win an NBA finals. I've only seen them like not get over that hump once it's not like it's a team that's always there and can never get through the postseason they seem like they've been right on schedule with everything and with the age of those guys if you keep that core together you have a lot more years in front of you than you would if you bring in Kevin Durant absolutely depending on what you'd have to give up which would probably be a lot why would you want to bust that up for something that is going to do what is it going to put you over the top of making it six in the NBA finals which they did last year they're right there just supplement. Supplement the pieces you have. Complement the pieces you have. You're built to win now. Jason Tatum took another step forward this season. He's a bona fide superstar. With Durant, I don't know where you look. I mean, ultimately, Marks is right. Waiting for the summer is the move. Don't get caught up in a panic play right now. You're banged up. What's the likelihood you, w- you end up on a team and win a title this season? It's unlikely. You're the guy that can put it over the top, but you've got to be healthy. And everything around you needs to work. So I'd sit there now with Brooklyn, hear what they have to say, Watch the rest of the league, make the phone calls, go through all the transactions, see who's got money, see who doesn't, see who's got players that are willing to move, things of that nature, and then try to get set up this summer for putting yourself in a position to ride off the final few years of your career in the most competitive style imaginable, assuming you want to compete, which everything we've ever seen from Kevin Durant has shown, he wants to compete. He wants to compete at the highest level. It's why he went to the Warriors. He wanted to win. He went to the Nets because he wanted to compete on a new frontier. He wanted to try something different. It didn't work. All right, fine. People will have their jokes, but move on from it and figure out what's best because the league is better when he's deep in the postseason. That dude is one of the best, if not the all-time best scorers the NBA's ever seen. Nobody can get to that mid-range spot like he can and just knock down buckets and make it look so easy. The ultimate go-get-a-bucket guy when we need a bucket guy in the postseason. I watched him in the Bay Area for years. He's incredible. And I hate the fact that between injuries and team dysfunction, you're never able to see him late in the playoffs. I mean, he hasn't been past the second round since that last year with the Warriors. Well, don't don't forget, he was just a shoe size away, right, with his Brooklyn Nets team. I mean, literally, the shoe size changes the entire trajectory, you could argue, of this Brooklyn Nets team. It's remarkable that if only he had had on smaller shoes, (laughs) maybe James Harden and Kyrie would both still be playing in Brooklyn Nets uniforms. Remarkable to think. Joe and Amber, the podcast.